Introduction to With Swag and Billy, A Guide to Walking Trips in Tourist Districts of New South Wales by H. J. Tompkins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. With Swag and Billy, A Guide to Walking Trips in Tourist Districts of New South Wales by H. J. Tompkins, Department of Public Health, Secretary, Warragamba Walking Club, with an introduction by William M. Hamlet, F.I.C., F.C.S., Government Analyst, New South Wales, President, Warragamba Walking Club, containing information as to distances, accommodation, formation of parties, equipment and cost, of over 40 picturesque walking trips from half a day to ten days duration second edition sydney nineteen ten issued by the government tourist bureau chalice house sydney percy hunter director introduction one christmas holiday as i unhooked my knapsack at baron joey lighthouse my host asked me in surprise if i had come all the way on foot said he you don't mean to say you really walked here why it is twenty miles from manly as i had liberally spent more than an hour bathing on one of the pretty beaches as i came along and another hour over my lunch and was by no means fatigued on my arrival it was more than likely that one might have exceeded this distance had it been necessary to do so indeed twenty-five or even thirty miles may be cheerfully accomplished in the day when occasion demands it by any one with good health and average strength of body walking for the mere joy of walking was not much in vogue in australia until recently chiefly i suppose for the reason that in the towns there is the ever-ready and inviting facility for whirling about on wheels of one sort and another while in the country our four-footed equine friend like barkis is always willing even if one must chase him a full mile across the paddock in order to secure the means of performing a half-mile journey such a proceeding is common enough in the country where it is considered undignified to walk since it savours too much of the murrumbidgee whaler readers note the murrumbidgee whaler a late nineteenth-century swagman who tramped up and down the Murrumbidgee River, west of Canberra, said to be an Englishman of genteel birth who, having brought disgrace upon his family, had been banished to Australia. The Murrumbidgee Whaler was memorialised in a painting by Charles Astley from a photograph that has been widely reprinted as an illustration of the swagmen of the times. End of reader's note. To have admitted walking from daylight until dark is to give yourself away as a downright vagrant, sundowner or if not quite mad to be suspected of having a bee in one's bonnet but come own up don't you find it dull and lonely asked the sybarite of fashion and city life dull my dear friend no who could be dull in the clear sunshine at an altitude of four thousand feet with the wonga wonga singing to the tune of the rippling water down in the river below well but what object is there in tramping all these miles in the bush what do you gain in the end had i some reward for my pains if i could pick up a shilling at the end of my journey you might induce me to go 
but to walk for the mere walking no not for me i prefer to sit in my easy chair at home and smoke my pipe well if walking in the open-air life are nothing to you there is much less reason in a good many of the vagaries of city life stay at home my pessimistic friend if you like but give me the clear blue sky over my head and the green turf beneath my feet a winding road before me and a three hours march to dinner reader's note from william hazlitt going on a journey end of reader's note to have done a day's walk amid pleasant scenery to have spent ten or more hours in the open with one's limbs all aglow with life and the sublime wonders of the universe thrown in gratis is to my mind enough for quiet contentment and contemplative enjoyment drive in a motor-car no my answer is that i don't want to be hurled through the air like a projectile i like to go off the beaten track when and where i choose take nature's byways climb over rocks pierce through cool shady glens and gullies or pursue the coastline wading if needs be some shallow creek or inlet of the sea or on occasion even cross a river fare not some prigipi as hans breitman has it reader's note hans breitman a german character in charles Leland's breitman ballads end of reader's note i have crossed a river six times in a single day's march the river cox for instance how did you get over those rivers exclaims a townsman reminding me of robert dick when inquiring the distance and the way to dalemore eh are ye goin to dalemore yes and where cam ye frae dumbeath did ye come frae dumbeath the day yes and where are ye goin to thurso are ye goin to thurso yes and did ye wide the river yes and are ye goin to wide it again reader's note robert dick a scottish botanist and geologist the story is told in samuel smiles biography end of reader's note winding the river is sometimes a chilly business especially in cool autumn weather but it has its charms and there is a spice of adventure about it still these wanderings do not require the force of concentration and brain tension demanded in the handling of a skittish motor-car nor the dread of a punctured tyre no perfect freedom can only be obtained by the use and proper subjection of shanks's pony the gypsy life of the untrammelled pedestrian if my jaded and fagged friend of the city if you would venture upon a new experience you will want to know where you can go possibly you know only of the ordinary tourist resorts well mr tomkins here sets before you some two or more scores of interesting trips well within the reach of everybody here are short and easily negotiable trips occupying but a few hours which the author has verified from actual experience the practice is with him as well as myself to construe the verb to go into to go afoot given good health a holiday some few modest coins of the realm and a live companion you will here find entrance into arcady or the camberwara which i take it is geographically the same your midday meal is enjoyed in the open and a clean bed and plain fare at dusk in some quiet unpretentious village inn 
at break of day you start and away you go with your swag in your staff while the winds up aloft whistle to a tune sunny new south wales affords numberless routes as diversified and refreshing as the most fastidious could desire do you want the mountainside table-lands wide-stretching plains forest wild rough country fertile valleys or alpine scenery with snow or a fine stretch of coastline bright with palms and where the banksias or eucalypts creep down to the mesembryantheums lying on the yellow sand with a vast sandstone cliff looming in the middle distance footer trotter biker rider whoever you are you may assuredly find all this in new south wales what more can you desire my gentle reader as richard jeffreys says there is the sea below to bathe in the air of the sky up hither to breathe the sun to infuse the invisible magnetism of his beams these are the three potent medicines that by degrees strengthen not only the body but the unquiet mind readers note richard jeffreys the breeze on beachy head from nature near london end of readers note but once out of the city whither shall we go there is the ever attractive west with its mountains rugged and blue the sun disappears in the west and there seems to be a longing in the heart of the traveller to follow the golden orb as he sinks beyond the mountain ridges in a flood of crimson glory no wonder that from the ancients onwards to columbus and the men of devon all sought the atlantis and the hesperia of the west so katoomba blackheath wentworth falls the cox and the warragamba the canangra country and the romantic janolan caves all trend away west near sydney and cheaply accessible is the southern national park and its northern counterpart and rival the Karingai chase with newport's bayview barrenjoy womberall terrigal head gosford and the tugara lakes to the southward what a number of charming places so many that it is not easy to choose the illawarra cambawarra barangari kayama the bulai and macquarie passes chambaroo kangaroo valley naura berry coolangatta tomarong the wombayan caves bowral fitzroy falls picton and the burragarang and other valleys that bring you again to the slopes of the blue mountains further afield you have ulladulla budala naruma tilbatilba biga kuma yarangabili kayandra and the australian alps the snowy and kosciusko himself away north is another region with attractions all its own the northern rivers walcha the apsley falls guy forks the dondorigo the man the orara and the tweed ay and a hundred other places claiming one's visit and attention truly there is no dearth of beautiful spots and we can safely promise the adventurous walker in search of the picturesque amply and abundant picture travel in the wondrous land before us the fair cambria of the south thus far we see there are delightful places whereunto we may walk need we then ask ourselves why walk the objects of the pedestrian are health change of air freedom from the complex city life and its banal conventionalities life on plein air 
that life more talked about and read of by people than realised or put into practice. It is yours, dear reader, to live for twelve hours daily in the invigorating open air, if you will, eight hours of rest and refreshing sleep, and the remaining four for meals of Arcadian simplicity go to make up the joyful twenty-four. Are these things not enough in themselves? The varied charms of scenery we have already counted, but there is more besides, to wit, the study of rocks, minerals, fossils, mosses, lichens, fungi, and the unique forest flora of Australia. The birds, fishes, aborigines, trout fishing, photography, and what not, each according to individual tastes. Whosoever feels inclined to walk distances, such as we here contemplate, must be in some sort of a condition before he aspires to rank as a walker, traveller, sundowner, swaggy, or weary willy. An American tramp says it is only necessary to cut your corns and put on your old clothes, and not to go fooling round with physic, dumbbells and lifting machines before starting. There are very few persons, young or middle-aged, who cannot do ten miles a day. Practice, perseverance and well-shod feet will soon extend this to fifteen or twenty, which is enough to satisfy any who walk for pleasure. My experience shows that the ordinary townsman leading, it may be, a sedentary life, will soon accomplish twenty miles a day, at the pace of three and a half miles an hour, without much difficulty. The secret, if any, of getting into fine condition is simple obedience to the laws of temperance in diet, partaking of such work or exercise as anyone adopting any of the physical culture methods now so popular may avail themselves of. To walk one mile involves the expenditure of energy amounting to seventeen foot tons. An ordinary diet of a full-grown man is capable of supplying from three hundred to four hundred foot tons of external work in addition to the physiological work done inside the body which may here be left out of consideration so unless the man walks twenty miles or does equivalent work he is foolishly using more food than he requires in other words he eats because the meal-time comes round and the dinner is set before him such a practice ends in disaster and disease hence the advantage of walking and all other forms of physical exercises for those who are glued down to office stools in cities then up and away when holiday time comes round and if the hawkesbury sandstone is too rugged and barren go further afield for general guidance the counties of cumberland camden cook and westmoreland contain numerous beauty spots all within easy distance of sydney one of the choicest is the district of the warragamba river readily approached from penrith it is from this river that the warragamba walking club derives its name the river is a continuation of the romantic Cox and flows into the Nepean. W. M. H. End of introduction.